want you to take your Bibles tonight and go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I was in um, Lee County Jail this past Thursday night. Praise the Lord for the open door there. God's opened that door. I'm going in there. Um, and uh, I go in there and have a few men that I tried to minister to, try to be a help. And as I was uh, teaching the men last Thursday, God said, this is what I want you to preach. Uh, it was so amazing, I, I knew it. Um, and as, as I'm trying to be very transparent, I haven't preached this message for a lot of years. It's been a lot of years. You say, why haven't you preached this message? Because what you preach, you're not only going to have a test, but you're going to have attack. And um, I'm telling you, I can't even put it to words. I wish I could communicate it to you, but I can't. But Satan attacked big time. And uh, matter of fact, I put the sermon away so far because <laughs> so I, I didn't want to preach it anymore because I was tired of the, man, I'm just constantly getting pounded. And uh, anyway, the Lord this Thursday said, it's time, boy. It's time to get it out. It's time to get going. It's time to get on track. So saying all that, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, I want to take you to verse number 4. And I am going to read, I know I, it's not Miss Wendy's fault, it's my fault, but I'm going to read verse 6. I only have verses 4 and 5 in, on the bulletin, but I am going to read verse 6 as well. It says this, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's have a word of prayer, and I'll try to give you what God has put on my heart for you here tonight. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I just want to praise your name already. Thank you for what you've done in Tyler's heart. And dear God, I thank you for his spirit. And God, I pray that you would richly bless him. I pray that you would provide the finances that he needs to go uh, to college. God, may you just give him uh, just the wisdom and the knowledge that he needs to do what you want him to do. Encourage his heart, provide his needs in a special way. Now, God, as we take the time and we've read the scripture, God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, help us, most of all, just to be honest with you and honest with ourselves. And may you speak, may you say what um, I might not be able to say, may you say it in such a way that your spirit would communicate with our hearts and we would say that it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We'll thank you and praise you because you accomplish all great things. In Jesus' name, amen. There's some things here, and as we're looking at this, and the Apostle Paul write, is the writer of this chapter, and, and the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the Corinthians here, and he's trying to get some things straight, and he's trying to teach them some things, and he's began to tell them and show them about spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is something that is major. And one of the places that I find, and you can see this as well in, in their Scripture here, it says, for the weapons of our warfare, oh, 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, pulling down strongholds, and look at this, casting down imaginations. Now, a stronghold is something that takes place in your mind. It is something uh, that I can say this, that it's, can, it's faulty thinking. It can be faulty thinking. Um, a stronghold refers to a fortress or a fortified city. Now, if you just think with me, you don't have to turn there, but if you think back with me in Jericho, Jericho was a fortified city. The city was protected by massive walls. And these walls, now get this, the walls, this whole thing, this place of stronghold, uh, this place of protection was literally for that. It was for protection. It was massive walls. They said the walls on Jericho were so wide that two chariots could ride on top. This is massive, and not only so massive that two chariots can ride on top, it also says that many people lived inside of the walls. Their homes, they lived inside the Jericho wall. This was a place, it was a fortified city, and it was known for protection. But I want you to understand something. Uh, This place, Jericho, could be a place of protection, or it also could be a prison. It could be somewhere you're confined that you can't get out of. And your mind is a powerful thing. It's so amazing what we can do with our minds. When you make up your mind that you want to do something for God, there's no stopping you with God. It's amazing. But what I see here is these strongholds, they begin to take place in the mind. It says there, uh, when I read in verse number 5, the imaginations... It says, it means this, calculated thought. And what it's talking about, it's not referring to fanciful or creative imagination. What it's talking about, it implies an idea that has been thought through. Understand that such an idea may not be accurate, but it is a complete and developed thought. Now, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to give you an illustration. This just recently it's amazing how God puts everything together, but this just recently, recently happened to me. At 6 o'clock, I don't advise anybody to ever do this, but at 6 o'clock, I was, I was really tired, and I had to go into prison. I had different things I had to do, and my wife said, here, honey, here's two vitamin B. She gives me two vitamin P, B tablets, vitamins there, and I also drink a cup of coffee. Well, needless to say, I didn't get to sleep until midnight that night. And while I'm there laying in bed, and as my mind is gone, all of a sudden, I I begin to hear. It was like something was banging against our bedroom wall. Man, I'm like, what is going on? Now, close by, and and there's things out there. There's a boat and so forth, and it's, but I thought, somebody's trying to steal the boat. That's, that's where my mind went. Immediately, somebody trying to... And so here, man, I get up. And matter of fact, I actually woke up Bryson as well. You know, he, he was thankful for that. And uh, I go out and I wake him up and we have the gun there. We're, we're checking. I mean, anything came out and said, boo, I would have probably jumped, all right? But, but anyway, I was trying to be brave and I was trying to... And it went out there, nothing. There was nothing. You see how your mind can make you think things? It make you think. As a matter of fact, I came back in, and because I did that, I went back, didn't hear anymore, went to sleep, and I was good to go. Well, I'll give you another one. 
Just last night, my wife <laughs> had trouble sleeping. She was awake. Well, we have outside, right outside our bedroom window, we have a motion light. At 2 a.m., the light came on. She began to imagine somebody walked across in front of the window. It was nobody, but it was the mind. You see where that mind, your mind is powerful. It can make you think. See, it's making you, it can make you think thoughts. They're complete, developed thoughts, but they're not accurate. They're not true. And you say, where does that come from? What happens? Satan knows how to push your buttons. He knows, and he knows your weaknesses, and he's coming after you. And he begins to make the mind begin to go in directions that it does not need to go. See, this here, this stronghold, man, this is a, something that is very serious. Listen to this. I found this. I use this uh, quite frequently with the young people as I go into the juvenile facilities. But listen to this. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. For they become your character. And then it says, watch your character. It becomes your destiny. See, words and thoughts, the things that takes place, this is so important. It's so important. And so we need to learn how to handle these things. We need to know how to, to do these things. By the way, the devil can bring thoughts into your mind. The devil can do this. Bob Jones Sr. said this. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but he can't. But you can stop him from building a nest there. I'm going to say it again because you heard it, and I want you to comprehend it. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over you, but you can stop that bird from building a nest in your head. And let me tell you something. God's given us some things here in this passage of Scripture that he wants us to do. And so I want you to see here, and first of all, I've given you a definition of what a stronghold is and what God is trying to get us to see. But I also want to give you this, discerning whether maybe you have uh, a stronghold. And by the way, let's just be honest and very transparent. We all think things. And I'll give you some illustrations, and we all have different thoughts. But here's what it says. You may have a stronghold if your mind keeps focusing on a particular event from the past. If your mind, if I said something, and your mind goes right back to this event, that's a stronghold. That's something that you're battling in your mind. Matter of fact, what Tyler was talking about, that was a stronghold. He was battling in his mind. That's where he was, um, he was battling. By the way, when you say, that's it, Lord, I surrender, boy, that's peace. That's peace, man. That's, man, that's worth it all. And that's where he's talking about the, that pressure it was gone. But it also says you might have a stronghold if you committed a course of action contrary to Scripture. If you're doing something Scripture says not to do, and you're doing it anyway, that's a stronghold. That's something that is stopping you to be all you can be for Christ. If you resist the Word of God, this could be a stronghold. If you listen to this one, because we do this. If you focus on your action, or excuse me, if you focus on the action of others in order to defend your behavior. Well, I'm not bad as so-and-so. No, we're not talking about so-and-so. We're talking about you. We're talking about me. See, we got to be straight up and we got to be real right before God. 
That's what he wants. We can't be honest with, we got to be honest with ourselves and with God. Because we know what we are. We know what we go through. You might have a stronghold, and here's some, here's some other ones, and I'm just going to go through these quickly. But you might have some strongholds if you say, I don't have any abilities. I can't do nothing for God. That's false. That's faulty thinking. That's a stronghold. Uh, what about this? God doesn't love me. That's, that's faulty thinking pattern. Um, what about this? I can never teach. I can never lead someone to the Lord. That's faulty thinking pattern. What about this? The stronghold of materialism. Thinking things. Sorry. Thinking things. I have to stop moving my hands, all right? That'll be an interesting sight, but thinking things will satisfy us, as as Pastor Moon preached this morning. That's a faulty thinking pattern. You say, where do we get this stuff? We get this stuff from the false philosophies of this world. The world's constantly trying to bombard your mind. And by the way, I said this in Sunday school, uh, I believe it was last week in Pastor Moon's class, Uh, that I was teaching, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of people saying Mother Nature. I'm so sick and tired of these different things, little terminal, billions and billions of years. Let me tell you something. You know what they're doing? They're taking away God. They're trying to fill fill our minds like we can say these different things. And by the way, we start accepting them. And that's what gets bad when believers start accepting these things. It's not Mother Nature. It's God. It's not these other. It's God. God created strongholds. What about the stronghold of this? Complaining. Ooh, Nelly Bob. Now, I'm just being very transparent. If you gave me a glass of water up here, and it was right at the mid-level, to me, it's half empty. I'm just being honest with you. It's half empty. What are you saying? I have to work at being positive. And it's so easy for us to complain. Isn't it? We live in America. We live in the greatest nation of this world, and it's so easy. We don't have this. We don't have that. I don't have that. And we... You know what we're doing? Someone said this to me, and it really got a hold of my heart. When we complain, what we're saying is, God, what you've given us is not good enough. God, forgive us. That's a stronghold of this world. This world said, you need more, you need more. No, you need more of God. You don't need more stuff. And we need to get out of that. The stronghold of complaining, the stronghold of pride, the stronghold of jealousy. All these things are strongholds. We are to correct. Now I'm going to get to this. I've given you a definition. I've given you the discerning. Now let's get at the answer of this. Let's find out what we need to do to develop an answer. And here it is. We need to correct our thoughts through the scripture, which is a stronghold, listen to this, a protection. Scripture is a stronghold of protection. It will protect you. Someone said either sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. See, that's protection. That's protection. We need this. And God says, stay in the book. And praise the Lord for a preacher that keeps encouraging and trying to help us to do that. But it says, we either run to the stronghold of protection or we hold on to the stronghold of this wrong thinking, which is a prison. God's word is truth, which brings freedom. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what you say, what do we need to do? Here it is. 
This is very simple. Number one, there must be an acknowledgement. There must be acknowledgement. You're saying, what are you saying? We need to agree with God about our stronghold. Whatever it is, whatever, by the way, all of us are different. All of us have different thoughts, different ways. But you know what? We need to admit, we need to acknowledge that we have a stronghold. What we're saying is, God, I'm wrong, and you're right. Are you hearing me, church? Because these are very simple, but it's a concept that, matter of fact, I was taught this, and I was, my mom, praise God for her, uh, she taught me the best she knew how, but there were some things that I just didn't get taught as I was growing up, and it was because of a lot of different circumstances uh, that she had went through and faced. But I began to learn that when you do something to somebody, you need to apologize specifically saying, I'm sorry, brother, I said that to you, and I shouldn't have said that. You see what? Would you please forgive me? If I just say, if I ever offend you, would you please forgive me? That's, that, that's pretty pitiful. Because I can't even admit where I'm wrong. Amen? You see, are you with me? See, I need to admit where I'm wrong. And the first thing i got to do is i got to admit to God that I've got this. And by the way, if you admit to God that you have this, it doesn't make you a, excuse me, this is my prison terminology coming out, dirty scallywagon scumbucket. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a real person. It makes you an honest person. It makes you a person saying, God, I need you. I need you. I want you. So there must be that acknowledgement. we got to agree with God about our sin. We need to express to God specifically what we did wrong. And we're, we need to say that. The Bible says this, and you know this, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that's why we've had this time of communion. It's a time of confession. Keep that short account that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, praise the Lord, for that cleansing from all unrighteousness. Listen to this, one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 28, 13. He that covers sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, listen to this, shall have mercy. God will give us his mercy when we confess and forsake. So there must be, if we're going to overcome this faulty thinking, there's got to be acknowledgement. There's got to be agreeing with God. Number two, number two, there must be an approach. And we're going to give you an opportunity here in just a few moments there's got to be approach. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. God, God says, look at this, it's up to you. I've showed you what to do. I've told you what to do, but I'm not going to make you do it. He says, draw nigh. That means you take the first step. And when you take the first step, God will take the step towards you. Because you know what you're saying? I mean business. I'm not just saying I'm sorry and then leaving it there. I'm moving on. I'm approaching you, God. I want to get into your presence, and I want to really get things right. There's got to be approach. The Bible says this. It continues on in that verse where it talks about cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. God's saying get right with me. There must be approach. You've got to come to him. Number three. And I've tried to go quickly, try to give you some things. But number three, there must be an attack. There must be an attack. You say, what do you, how, how do I overcome this faulty thinking? How do I overcome this stronghold? First of all, you're to acknowledge, and then you're to approach, and now you are to attack. If you read 
in Ephesians chapter number 6, verses 11 through 18, it talks about our spiritual armor. And praise the Lord for that armor. God doesn't give, put us in this world and say, do the best you can. No, he gives us what we need. All these things that are listed here in Ephesians chapter number 6, you ready? Are defensive, except for one. You know what the one offensive is? The sword of the Spirit. Now, I don't know anything about swords. <laughs> I even looked it up on the internet because I said, I, I don't know how to, but I did learn this. They said, if you're going to be in a sword fight, then you're to hold the sword up high and you're to keep it around the throat and the face area. And they said this, not only are you to keep it in that area, but a jab or a slice, either one, that is what you need to do in a sword fight. So what am I saying? There's specific things that you need to do if you're in a sword fight. There's specific things that we need to do when we're in the sword fight with the strongholds of our mind. What is it? It's using the word of God. We need to use it. We need to know how to use the word of God. Specifically, you say, what are you talking about? I'll give you just a couple things and I'll be finished. Specifically, what do we need to do? For instance, if there's a stronghold of covetousness, where you begin to covet things or materialism, a stronghold of that, you say, what it, go to the scripture. In 1 Timothy 6, 6, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It also says in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be, look at this, content with such things as ye have. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What am I doing? Specifically, I've identified what my problem is. And now I'm using the spirit of God's word. I'm using, I'm finding scripture to help me deal with the issues that I'm facing. It's very simple thought. But I'm telling you, so many times we try to figure things out mentally. And we don't do them biblically. Do it using God's word. God has an answer for every problem that you and I will face. And we need to learn how to use that sword specifically. By the way, if I'm fighting the devil, in which we do, if I'm fighting, I don't want to just be swiping just haphazardly because guess what? Bam, he can get me. See, I need to know accuracy. I need to know where I'm going, what I'm going to say. How did Jesus battle Satan when he was tempted 40 days in the wilderness? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's how he did it. If Jesus combated Satan with the sword of the Spirit, then why not us? The much more. I need it. I need that. Church, I'm telling you, this is so important. We need to allow God's word to help us that we might have victory over these faulty thinking patterns. And by the way, you're going to have them. They're natural. You're going to have this. But use these procedures, these simple steps, and God will give you victory. In closing, and I am closing. I'm closing my Bible, I promise you. One of the greatest things is God's Word. And on... My wife didn't know this, but on our bathroom wall, it, she has some scripture, and it's something 
forgive me, I don't have it memorized, but uh, it's something to the, to the point of faith is not believing God can, but it's believing God will. Now listen, do you know why I could preach this tonight? Because God gave me victory. Are you hearing me, church? God gave me victory. He said, here it is, acknowledge it, approach it, attack it. God gave me victory. God's going to continue to give me victory. As I continue to do this, God will give you the victory as well over these strongholds of the mind. Let's have your heads bowed and eyes closed. I'll have a word of prayer. Have uh, Pastor Moon come and I'll let him do the invitation as the Lord leads him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for just allowing me to share my heart. God, I know it's very simple thoughts, but God, may you just bless it. May you help us, dear God. Help us to be what you want us to be. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website. Or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.